Hi, this is Trish, the mom of this mother-daughter duo, and we're here back with a new season talking about a bunch of different stuff and filling you in on what we've been doing since our last episode. And just a heads up, this episode is parts of two different recordings. One of them, the sound is not the best, but we did want to include parts of that conversation in this episode. As always, thanks for listening. We haven't had an episode in a while. We were hoping it would be in February, but we ran into some glitches. My glitches, personally, sound glitches, <laughs> and whatever else. Recording so here, glitches, yeah. Yeah, so here we are. and It's we, March. It's March. And a lot has happened. We, You have a Since new nephew. Since the last time we had an, uh, an episode, yes. Yeah. I have a new nephew. He's very little and cute. He is. and I. He's so- a little peanut. I know. I FaceTime with him today, oh. and Samuel was like, "Look, it's little Peanut." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, you're a cutie pie. Is that your nickname?" And he said, "No, I'm Big Peanut." <laughs> oh, very cute. Anyways, what were we saying? Yes, you have a new nephew. Uh, what else have you been doing? Uh, working a lot. We haven't been traveling except for I went to see went to North Carolina when the baby was born. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're on lockdown. COVID. COVID still is the thing. I will be in Texas in a week. I know. It's crazy that you're going to a no mask mandate state. Oh, don't even get me started. Like that's (laughs) just like, I was feeling so good about it. Like, oh, I'm going to have the first shot of the vaccine by the time we get there. And his whole family is vaccinated. So I don't have to worry about that. Like, maybe we can actually, like, go do things as long as we're smart, you know, be smart about it and do some research. And then the governor was like, no masks. And I was like, never mind. Back to the original plan. Not leaving the house. Food will be delivered. Uh, If we're feeling extra frisky, we'll go to the beach one day. (laughs) And that'll be it. That was what we talked about in one of our failed recordings is, like, the whole how draining it was doing the podcast with the whole political environment because we didn't really want to keep, we didn't want to, we didn't want to be in a politics only podcast. Yeah. Or, right. Or even just keep referring to it. We were trying to be, I don't know what we were trying to be, but not political. And it was just impossible with everything that was going on and it was so draining dealing with it. And so now we're definitely feeling better about, we don't think the world's perfect, but we're, we're feeling like maybe things could get better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I think that's what, one of the things we said, like we know that there's still a lot of work to do, but it no longer feels hopeless. Like it's not yes. like I have to wake up every day and see what fresh horror awaits for me on my phone. Like what was tweeted, what news has come out, what bills were rushed past last night while everyone was sleeping. Like what's, I don't have to, I don't have to go through that anymore. It's like, okay, like this fight, is making headway. It's not you're fighting this fight for one thing and then seven other things get piled on you. Yeah. And it's interesting, like my sister, because right now when we're recording this, like there's this big uproar about Cuomo and his sexual assault harassment allegations. And I haven't read any of them because I don't really care, but I just told my sister, like, this is a perfect example of the difference between the left and the right. The left is willing to admit that, you know, Democrats or our leadership is 
there are some bad eggs. Like we're willing to see that. Whereas the other side is like, not even, I mean, I think maybe, I mean, yes, I agree with what you're trying to say. Sorry. I shouldn't interrupt you. Keep going. And, but the right, like they always, all they do is defend their bad guys. Like it's, it's somebody else's fault. They're not as bad as everybody's mate. It's like a witch hunt. Like, even if that were true and it definitely could be because Cuomo is an outspoken person and I'm sure that he's bad, but also it could be a witch hunt. Like it could be both things could be true. Uh, yeah. So I just think it's just an interesting thing to see the differences where we're willing to be like, yeah, he's, he's a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, I think right after the election, I saw this tweet that was like, Hey, just a reminder for you, Trump supporters, uh, you're, you're going to see people who voted for Biden criticize him and even be angry with him. And like, that's normal and it's okay. Don't panic. Like it's, it's okay. It's, 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 it's a normal part of the process. Like they, it's, they feel like you need to like defend someone who aligns with you politically simply because they align with you politically and not think like, well, just because, you know, I would never say that just because someone is a Democrat, I'm going to defend them and their honor or their policies because that's not just not true. That's not how that works. Yeah. I mean, I would say typically that is not the case with the other side. That's, yeah. I mean, it's just like a perfect illustration of the differences. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we really need more than two parties. We really need more than two parties. My friend actually that moved to the Netherlands, I talk about her all the time because I wish that was me. <laughs> she posted a picture of there's this wall with like ads for every candidate and, and their party that's running. Uh-huh. And it was pretty fast. I mean, it was probably like 12 different uh, ones. And she was pointing out like that there's all these different parties and mm-hmm. how cool it is. And it's just like in the middle of the city, they just have one board and they're actually kind of providing a space for them to advertise as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, crazy well we need a two-party system we need term limits we need to get big money out of politics um so that you know politicians are not beholden to those that are donating um Mm -hmm. and also so that it's not just a elite rich thing that people can run for politics Mm -hmm. so and there we are another so many minutes on politics when we don't want to do that. <laughs> One more time. Story of our lives. Well, I mean, it does affect everything. So we'll see. It's true. It's true. We, we will never claim to be apolitical. Well, and it's also true that politics and COVID, that, that, that winning combination that we had last year, it just completely has changed the way I see people and things around me. Uh, me two and i i want to say that i don't like it but there's a part of me that's glad that um some personalities that were hidden to me maybe are not so hidden anymore yeah i know what you mean but i think that's part of what made it so depressing and hard to get through covid was also that you were seeing these people and realizing that you were just two different, totally kinds of people. And maybe mm-hmm. it's like a sense of loss, like a sense of mourning for those relationships that you're like, it's never going to be the same again, mm-hmm. which I want to say is sad, but also what are you going to do? Like, I don't, I don't have a solution. 
there is no the solution is have make make other friends. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, it's just hard. Yeah. I, I have a couple people I've I've tried to get a pass on, but it just like even now it keeps getting worse because they're, you know, it's like those people that you kind of give a pass to, and then they're saying, "I wish I lived in Texas" because they're banning everything, and you're just like, "Oh." Yeah, I don't have those people in my life, so can't really relate. Cut yeah. them out around 2016. <laughs> um, for me, it's just family members. And I'm so thankful that we didn't have Christmas this year. And I don't know what I'm going to do next year because there's a lot of people I don't want to be around. Yeah. Keep it's... that in. <laughs> I don't think very many of our family members listen to the podcast anyway. So sure. Good. Keep it in. Um, which way to be supportive family. Woohoo. Uh, another bone to pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And if you are a family member and you do listen, could you please leave a review on your favorite uh, podcasting platform? We would appreciate it. <laughs> as long as you didn't vote for Trump. If you voted for Trump, I don't want your review. <laughs> <laughs> if you voted for 45, we'll take the review because we know you listened through things that you did not agree with. <laughs> if you've gotten this far, you're still listening. Wow, you are <laughs> much more gracious than I am. <laughs> but it's true, right? If they've gotten this far, they were listening to a whole lot of crap they did not agree with. I guess. And funny story, cancel culture is back in the news again. Oh my gosh, I know. Every time I see an article on it, I'm like, I should just drop the link for that for that episode right here. Jeez. Because, man, people have some strong opinions on it. It's pretty funny, I think. Because it still goes back to the whole thing of like, you just want to be able to do to have your racist, inconsiderate attitude and comments, and not have any consequences. Like mm -hmm. your your job is still there. Like you know, like the uh, I mean, your job may not be. You may lose a job, but like it's not like you're destitute because the people that are getting canceled are like quote unquote canceled. If you really want to consider it that. Uh, are pretty well off. It's just like the whole writer mm -hmm. thing with J.K. Rowling. Yeah, we're just voting with our money. The other thing is, I mean, like this is this is how you get rid of racism one hundred and one. Like racism, sexism, whatever. Insert any ism. Like you make it socially unacceptable to state those views. That's it. That's how you do it. You, you don't get rid of them. They People still exist with those thought processes, sure, but they exist in silence. Right, and the, and the, the thought process is that they would, if they're uh, introspective at all, that they would take a moment and maybe figure, well, why can't I do that? And maybe it would be an educational opportunity. No, it's not. That's 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 a dream, sure. But in reality, I, this is just how you create you you create a culture of tolerance and equality by getting rid of intolerance. And you have to do that by making it socially unacceptable to state that. Yeah. And what like it, it's not canceling you. It's making you realize we no longer want to be in a society where it's OK for you to say that thing out in public. 
it's not. We don't we don't think that that's okay anymore. So you have to stop because it makes someone feel that their existence is not valid. Right. Well, and it's even more I mean, it's additionally just the the people that are really frustrated about it. Like the comments that they've made are just so like, you know, when you start bringing Nazis and like acting like you're persecuted more than others because you're conservative, it's just too much. It's just too much, especially, you know, a white straight person doing that is just super frustrating. Like, Yeah. yeah, they're, they're not putting you in a gas chamber because you had this independent thought and you aren't a sheeple. You, you're being told that it's just unacceptable to be that racist. Sorry. Honestly, if any good can come of this, it's that, you know, less people are going to be patronizing Disney. Like great. Fantastic. Oh, none of them Thank are. You. They're still going to participate. That's what's the All they're doing thing. is canceling their Disney Plus subscription, and they feel like that makes a difference. Disney <laughs> doesn't give a fuck. They don't care that you did cancel they're your still Disney not. Plus They're still not canceling Disney Plus. It's all talk. Those are probably all bots that every time Disney posts anything, there's no, thousands of bots. No, I think people bots, really like... are canceling their Disney Plus subscription, and it brings me joy because if you, it's just one of those things where this like your own ideals backfire on you. I'm not saying Disney should be the monopoly that it is, but it is. And so people think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going off Disney. Have you seen all the things that Disney owns? Your life is joyless now. I'm no Star Wars, no Marvel, no, no Disney, no ABC, I mean, let alone the foods and drinks that Disney owns. Come on. You're not getting rid of Disney. Well, the funny Please. thing is, I just did a Google while you were talking, and Disney announced record growth amid the boycott. So I think some people subscribed just because people were saying they were going to cancel them. <laughs> so, ha, well, And ha, I mean, ha. it also did happen to coincide with WandaVision, which I mean, just turned out uh, to be phenomenal and I think people were a little uncertain so I think the dates actually uh I mean true if everything you look at it talks about WandaVision um but I I saw some people saying that uh that oh well I I'm gonna subscribe to you just for you know your stance on this stuff well, so good yeah, they got 8 million subscribers in one month. Wow. So. Yeah. But yeah, WandaVision, I'm sure, is a big part of that as well. I mean, it's so good. It's so good. She's amazing, too. Like, she is. I just The more I think about it, even like, did you watch the Jimmy Fallon no, thing? No, I didn't. But we need cute. to take a second and talk about just Marvel in general. Sure. Um, because... I like I love Star Wars. Like Star Wars makes me feel things in my heart. But Marvel just like I can't describe how it's like the next level for me. Like it's like my soul. Like Marvel is in my soul. Somehow they have tapped into whatever it is that makes me human. <laughs> and I just this last year with no Marvel, like 
wrecked me and I didn't even realize this sounds so melodramatic (laughs) compared to the people who have real problems but like when when WandaVision came on and like just seeing the Marvel intro I was sobbing at, at the first episode just so happy to have Marvel content again yeah I'm realizing now just how privileged all of that nonsense sounds and I'm sorry to everyone who's actually faced struggles in their life I'm sorry <laughs> yes it's very superficial but I mean I understand like having that connection lost and then feeling like you got it back like of something totally superficial yeah I mean it's um, just what, something what about Marvel be. I just I think it's so beautifully done and I, I mean I love Star Wars, but unfortunately, there's a lot of ways in which it's lacking. And Marvel, at least at this time period, just doesn't have those sorts of, there, you know, there's there's no downside, really, for me, like when it comes to Marvel. There's no like, well, I just, you know, that movie had a lot of problems, but let's just not talk about it. Like, it's no, just Marvel's just great. Marvel's just great, period. End of story. It is great. Kevin Feige is a genius. Yeah, and like... Well- we the movie we watched the other day I just saw a bunch of people talking about it online and they were like you know I didn't like this movie before but um now yeah now I realized that it was setting up the entire universe of the entire I know it see and that's one of those things that's crazy like yeah I mean it's it's the weakest Avengers movie sure because some of the other Avengers ones, I mean, when you compare it with something like Endgame, come on. But you couldn't have Endgame without Age of Ultron. There's so much in there that's so important that and you don't even necessarily realize. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's the stuff with Wanda. There's the stuff about Thor's vision in regards to the Infinity Stones. I mean, the end credit scene is Thanos putting on the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, that's... yeah. Like, that's setting a huge stage, you know. Ultron, I mean, I haven't watched the most recent WandaVision yet. But there's, you know, there's rumors that Ultron is is making an appearance. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying anything. But that, that seems to be what the internet is saying, that Ultron is coming back in some one way, shape, or form in WandaVision. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I mean. I just, whenever I think about that, especially from a writer's perspective, even TV shows that have like this great storyline, like this is us where it like goes back and forward. Like, I just want to talk about the storyboard. Like how, how does your mind work to even map it out to where it's so interconnected so well? And I'm assuming there's a team that helps. I mean, obviously there's a writing team, but I mean, I, there's got to be someone that's just in charge mm-hmm. of continuity, even on like mm-hmm. this is us. Like how? Yeah all gets connected it's true i mean and i don't know why but like even from a young age i've i've always really been into continuity in shows like i loved boy meets world growing up but it really bothered me how continuity just didn't really matter like cory and topanga met i think four different times which was actually funny because when i went to when i saw at, at, when I went to Comic-Con in Seattle, uh, there was a Boy Meets World panel with all of the, the main cast and stuff. And I, of course, mm-hmm. had to go to that because how could I how could I not? I'm a 90s kid. And they, they joked about that even then. Like, oh, yeah, I think we met for the first time four different times in the show or, you know, something like that. And, you know, it's funny to joke about and I can still enjoy the show. But it just it always just irritated me 
shows with really good continuity, I think are just, it, it's just a different sort of skill that is displayed. And what are we even talking about? What do you mean? I mean, this is just what, what, I mean, is this going to be entertaining for anyone else in the whole world to listen to? I feel like we're just talking. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the point of our podcast? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Anyways, I just, yeah, I just think about the storyboard and how, how that, it just fascinates me that, that yeah, brain totally. processes stuff like that. Totally. I mean, that would be like my ideal job. Like just put me in charge of one show storyline. And so I can just be like, oh, no, you can't, you can't do that there. Or you can't wear that because you, you know, that's according to this episode or this line. This is not what you were wearing. I don't know. Something like that, you know? Yeah. But I mean, like when you take Age of Ultron into consideration, like in this, in context of this conversation, like there's an end game quote, there's, uh, there's Wanda, you know, committing to be an Avenger. There's, there, something happens with Wanda and Vision too, right? Like at the very end, isn't there? Vision, Vision saves Wanda's life. Yeah, like, he, like I, carry he he carries carries her like in like the bridal swoop. Yeah, it's hilarious um, that you just said the bridal swoop. But okay. I don't know what it's called, but like it's it's like the bridal carry. You know, you like sure pick her up and it's like oh. <laughs> that sound is that sound is very important in the context of this. Uh, I mean, there's also Hulk. You know, yeah, when Hulk when Wanda got in Hulk's Thor. mind and he saw how much of a monster he could be, and it scared him, and so he got in the Quinjet and flew away. There's your setup for Ragnarok. You know, yeah. We saw a lot of the f- friction getting worse between Tony and Steve, and that set up Civil War. I mean the tension in every movie builds and builds and they, they set seeds for other things. And yeah, I, which is why when someone asked me, what's your favorite Marvel movie? I just, it's like error 404 page not found. I can't, <laughs> it's that's yeah. such a hard question. Yeah. You like, you need context. My favorite Avengers yeah. movie, my favorite. Exactly. Exactly. My favorite standalone, my favorite introductory movie, my favorite, what what are you looking for here? My favorite action scene, my favorite line. Like, I don't know how to choose because they all are so interrelated. Well, and that's why I think a lot of people don't really like uh, Doctor Strange, but I feel like that was also one of those that really sets up a whole bunch of stuff that's going to continue happening. Yeah. You know, I think his for like for the, I think just in general, the uh, with Iron Man aside, the introductory movies for for the characters it's not super interesting like we've gotten so used to the movie starts with action and it ends with action and then the middle is action and it's like it's just go 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 every moment is important and these introductory ones you know they're, they're introducing characters they're building this character's world so they start off a little slow it was the same thing with captain marvel right people were just not as interested uh because they're trying to help you understand who she is, where she gets her powers, what what is her world, what is her experience. It was the same thing with Doctor Strange. I think for both of them, we're going to see way more interest in their second movie, which is not usual, right? Usually a sequel is is yeah. typically not as good. I mean, that's definitely how it was for Iron Man. You know, Iron Man 1 was fantastic, 
because um, it was, you know, sort of what we were used to at the time. Iron Man 2, uh, Iron Man 3, hmm, good stuff. You know, like it's just sort of like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. like it goes from there. Um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is also a little bit of an exception. That was technically an introductory movie, but just uh, such a good one. I don't know. That one That one had a special pizzazz to it. I think it was different than anyone expected because that was the first one that had more of a sense of humor. Like the it's other ones true. had funny moments, like cute, funny moments, but this one was more on the it was funny comedy and side and start to finish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we think... should, yo, I was going to say okay. we should probably. Well, no, you're, you're right. You're right. I could have a whole podcast where we only talk about Marvel movies and Marvel moments and blah, blah, blah. But I'm sure there's like already a hundred of them. So I don't need to throw my hat in that ring. I mean, that's what you would think, but it's interesting. Like once there's like a ring, the more, the better and the easier it is to market. Like I've I've been noticing that with like the true crime pod, true crime podcasts. Like it's amazing that more are still coming out, but and you would think, oh, the market's saturated, but you just can't get enough of them. And hmm. so it's like because they are so popular, like people finish one story and they're like, okay, I want to listen to a new one. It's pretty crazy. I guess that's true. I mean, I fall into that category. That's why that whole <laughs> that whole uh, Saturday Night Live skit about the murder shows was hilarious because that's how I am. Like. Murder shows and murder podcast. I am in. Oh, I haven't seen that that skit yet, but I I saw it advertised and I meant to watch the clip, but I just never did. I well, have not been giving myself very much free time lately. Yeah, it's funny because at the end they talk about uh, cult shows. Like we could watch something else. We could watch cult shows, and <laughs> at the right when that came out, like Dad and I that weekend were finishing watching The Vow on HBO, which, oh my gosh, like I've listened to a podcast and another documentary. And then I watched the HBO documentary, The Vow, and it was mind blowing. What's it about? I don't know anything about that. I don't it's have about HBO. that Nexium. I don't, cult. I don't know what that is. Um, it's Nex- the cult where the girl, uh, from Smallville was in and they oh. branded the people and they were like making them like sex slaves kind of thing oh right freaking yeah. crazy super crazy sure the is. best thing about it to me i will just give you a little heads up so what's different about this documentary is they're kind of following the people that have left and are trying to to get the word out that this needs to stop mm-hmm. and so there's a point where they're trying to figure out what to do and they realize that the only way to get the courts to care is if they get the media to care Mm-hmm. And, and then and then the courts get interested, but they need witnesses. They need people to be on the record with their names to say this happened to me mm-hmm. because before everybody was scared. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they turn the tables and all the skills that they learn in these like personal development classes that he was doing, they like do that and like start calling people to get them to be witnesses and testify. So they like break it down into teams and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I recruited this person. I'm going to call them. And like, they just like... <laughs> They're in a house, like having this massive like meeting where they like divvy up everything. And they just, it was just like, that's, that was great. Like you guys did learn a lot in those classes. You may as well put it to use. Wild. It it was wild. It was just, it, it, it's fascinating to me, like what happens to people seeking to improve themselves, how they can make themselves so vulnerable to 
a group like that. Like that's pretty much how, mm-hmm. like at one point somebody is like, I can't see how you could get into that. And the person that left is like, well, it starts out as like this thing. It's not like one day they mm-hmm. just say, Hey, will you brand your body? Like, you know, no, you're told. Yeah. It starts so small that it's, it's hard to recognize it. Well, and like the interesting thing too, is I think at one point he was kind of telling the upper ups to like record all their conversations, but that also backfired on him because they were recording all of the conversations they had with each other, with him. So like, there's all this stuff on record. Mm. And so that was one of the things she had a recording of the call where the girl called her and told her like, you're going to get, or maybe it was the emails, but like, you know, you'll get a tattoo. That's how they presented this branding. Like, you know, it's a really special women's group and we all have matching tattoos and it's like a sorority. And then she goes and they like strap her down and brand her. She may not have been strapped down. They Someone held her down, but yeah. It's Good. crazy. God, yeah. Mm-mm. And then when someone looks at it and realizes that it's his initials, it's they tell him it's like the mountains in the sun or like some, they have some random story about the brand. Like, nope, it's his initials. Like, I can see now that it's his initials. And she flips out. I mean, that's what, that, that's wild. Because, like, you're stuck with that. You can't take a brand off. Like, a tattoo, you could get a cover-up. What do yeah. you do with a brand? Yeah, I mean, she could probably get a tattoo over it. But. Depends on how deep they did the brand. Oh, it's right? pretty deep. Like, they show it. It's pretty deep. Like she was using anti-scar remover and like one part of it was disappearing. And she's like, yay, one part's going away. Freaking crazy. I would definitely recommend watching it. Yeah, I don't know. Cults are crazy, man. That was really crazy. I mean, and it's one of those things that's so easy to say, like, I would never be in that situation. I mean, I used to think like, oh, I I, I can't imagine myself being in a situation where I would, you know, be in an emotionally abusive relationship or anything. Like, no, that's, that's crazy. Like, I... I'm so strong-willed. There's just no way. And I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for years. And I was saying these things while I was in the relationship. Like, you just don't, it's hard to understand. Like, things just progress. And then you don't realize until you're out of it how bad it had gotten, you know? It's just, it's, well, it's, it's so easy to say, I'm not that person. Or I, I, I can't imagine myself being that person. But anybody could be that person with the right cocktail of events. Well, and the, the thing is, is the men that I know that have had interaction with or have seen in relationships like that, they are, as teenagers, very adept at luring in, manipulating, and then manipulating so you won't leave. Like, and then also, it's almost like they have ways of testing how manipulate, manipulative they can be with you. What what mm-hmm. What is the point that's too much? And they'll always walk that line. They're very good mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just gets worse and worse. And it's crazy. It was funny when I went to be- visit Becca... Um, how much Samuel has some traits that are very similar to yours. I mean, he definitely has a lot of traits that are similar to Samuel. I mean, similar to his mom and similar to Matt, Mm -hmm. but like there were a couple things that he did and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's Kate. 
Yeah, it was so funny when you were like sending me videos or talking to me about it. Like, I guess you just don't, I wasn't prepared to see myself in him because he's not mine. Yeah. But such funny, cute little quirks, like the way he dipped his chicken nuggets. Yeah, so funny. Uh, that yeah. part was, I thought that part was, that was an unexpected thing. I was like, oh, there's some little traits of Kate right there. Does that mean that when I have a kid, there's going to be a little treat of Becca in it? Probably. Little traits of Danae in it? Probably. So funny. You don't really think about those things. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is possible that some kids just have traits that are universal, but the dipping of the maybe nuggets. I, maybe I never grew out of them. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we didn't talk about our designated topic for the day, but I think that that's fine. Yeah, we can definitely cover that another time. Gives us yeah, uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. We can be more prepared alert. on it. It's a good topic. <laughs> spoiler: There are good references as well. So there's that. Mm-hmm. For sure, for good sure. Brene Brown. Yeah. Hint, hint. Case just doling out the hints. You can guess what the topic is. I mean, she talks about other stuff. Yeah, she does. She talks about a lot of stuff, actually. You're being a brat now. Texas. She does nothing. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. What? (laughs) I can't even exist. You can't make fun of my girl. I didn't make fun of her. What did I say that was making fun of her? I don't know. I just lashed out at you for no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that was recorded. Jesus. Oh, it will get edited out, though. Come on. Who's in charge uh-huh. of editing? This girl. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, I'm done with this. Wow, that's hurtful. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com.